so thankful to be here in the, with the people of God as we're continuing this series, uh, Jesus, King of Kings, uh, which seems a little bit odd because it's really a study of the life of King David and the kings of Israel. Not sure how far we're going. I looked back at my notes and uh, went, man, we started this series back in March. And uh, so um, I'm not trying to set a record or anything, but First and Second Samuel, as we're coming to the end of Second Samuel, we're in the last few chapters here now. Uh, we've been really learning week after week some life lessons and then challenges uh, surrounding the leaders of God's people. And most of it has been around King David, especially the life and times of King David. Last week, Pastor Dave left off with the death of David's son Absalom, or Absalom in Hebrew. Uh, this week, King, King David is back on his throne in Jerusalem. And he writes a song that's really an anthem, an anthem. Scholars say that it's a summary of First and Second Samuel, more of an overview of his life, that he's reflecting back on a, on a big time frame. Uh, and if you could write a song about your life, you know, what would that song say? For S Frank Sinatra, it was this song. That was kind of a featured song of his life. And I remember when Elvis Presley did a cover to it and used to end his concerts with this little ditty. Turn it up for us old people. Hey, this is not karaoke. You know, if you think about this song, just bring it down a little, keep it running. Oh, you were supposed to bring it down a little and keep it running a little bit. Okay. It's not really a legacy of a loving and giving of yourself to other people, is it? I've never forgotten a little thing my theology teacher said in Systematic Theology 1. Teacher said, the theme song of hell is I did it my way. My way in this life assures you of temporal, momentary rewards on this side of life. But life at its very longest is very short. I love the late Andre Crouch's song that he did, which was a little bit of an anthem of his life that I believe is the kind of testimony believers in Jesus should hope for in their life if they could sing a song. Hi, back there. Give me a thumbs up, it's coming or something. What? What happened? I'll have to sing it. <laughs> I'll give you a minute to search the, the, the stuff's right there in the notes, the, you know, the YouTube thing, because it's too good. 
to me, it's the kind of testimony that believers in Jesus would want to leave behind. When King David sits down here in 2 Samuel chapter 22 to reflect on his life, he writes a tribute song, really. It's kind of to encap- encapsulate his whole life. And not only does it, I like to think of it, not only was it a gold record, it was more than that, it was a platinum record. More than that, it was a double platinum record because it's also Psalm uh, 18. And uh, are we going to get to that? Can you give me a little from Andre Crouch? Where are you, where are you at? Working it? Mm, not going to happen. Okay. Sing it. Um, Andre Crouch. Um, Dave, help me out. My tribute. Um, am, I, am I giving up? What? Hey. Hey, we'll come back. How about we come back to it at the very end of this part one? So, I mean, I'm going to come back to you in a few minutes. That'd be good to end this section with a little bit of his his what he called my tribute. So let's go to David, 2 Samuel chapter 22. But again, it's almost verbatim, word for word, uh, Psalm 18 as well. That's why I'm calling it not just a gold record, but a double platinum hit for King David. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So when he says all his enemies and the hand of Saul, it's not one particular event. He's reflecting over all the different times of his life that God had delivered him. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people, you save me. That's how he begins the first verses of this song and two major themes throughout this this um, you know platinum hit of David's are found right here in verse two, two and three that God is our rock number one number two God is our savior and number three not a word you hear in church very often but God is I just felt like this was the right word uh, our enabler enabler our rock our confidence our shelter and when life throws us in to confusion, shifting ground, or stormy weathers, he rescued us, rescues us. But our enabler doesn't really sound very good on the surface of how I think our society thinks of that term, right, in, in counseling. An enabler isn't really a positive, feel-good statement that our society thinks of someone who enables as someone who is uh, harming or allowing someone's uh, addictive behavior to continue because they're they're covering for them, they're lying for them, they're they're picking up the pieces behind them. So they're thinking that person's not getting in as much trouble, maybe maybe, but they end up enabling that addiction. But listen to this definition: an enabler is one that gives the capabilities, forces, and resources that contribute to the success of an entity, program, or project. To be an enabler of an addict, an abuser, or a dysfunctional serial liar is one thing. But to be an enabler of feats of strength done to rescue uh, the people of God in peril is a completely different concept. One operates in the shadows to protect the guilty from suffering the consequences of their sin. 
and the other operates as the light making possibility out of every impossibility for the good of God's people. One promotes lies and slows the progress of recovery in the other. And, one, the, and, and God enables and he promotes truth and accelerates the completion of his said promises that he has stated. It's almost as if David is saying, if I have done anything good, anything worth remembering, it's because of the Lord. He is my ability to do. David got his share of accolades, his share of people dripping all over him, wanting a favor from the king of those who knew that the king, life and death rested in his command and they wanted to please him. And you can imagine the kind of uh, um, compliments that were that were thrown all over on the feet and and over the life and the ears of King David. But there is a resounding continual beat that's pulsating through this song that it was God who did all this for his people and through me. Verse 38. I pursued my enemies and crushed them. This is all in chapter 22 of 2 Samuel, but it's almost word for word of Psalm 18 as well. But I'm going to stay in uh, 2 Samuel 22. Verse 38, I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there's no one to save them. To the Lord, but, um, um, but, but there was no one to save them to the Lord. Save them to the Lord, but he did not answer. I'm sorry. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. Yeah, they cried to the Lord for help, but he did not answer. I don't know why I can't read that right all of a sudden. Uh, I'm struggling. 43. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounded and trampled them like mud in the streets. You've delivered me from the attacks of the peoples. You have preserved me as the head of the nations. People, I, I don't even know them, and now they serve me. Foreigners cower before me. Complete strangers are bowing before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to the rock. Verse 47. Exalted be my God, the rock, my savior. He says, I did all these things, but it was really you. I crushed enemies. You armed me with great strength. I pounded them. I trampled them. They cower before me. They run from me. Now they serve me. But all along, it was your power that enabled me. You enabled me to do all these things for your people, and for your fame. You promised our enemies would pay for their blatant disrespect of you and your word, and now you've done it. He was the power in what King David was empowered to do. I remember singing as a teenager uh, a dorky song 
I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Dave, you're so old. Do you remember that one? No, you're not that old, but you grew up on the church pew, you know, the front pew there. So you might have been tortured with that one. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I never really connected it with this song of David's. And it's in verse 30 here of chapter 22. He says, with your help, I can advance against a troop. And with my God, I can scale a wall. That when David wrote it, it's the theme song kind of like for Triple X or Jackie Chan or, or Rambo. That with God's help, I can defeat me alone. I can defeat a platoon of soldiers or I can scale a wall like Spidey. Uh, when when I'm when I'm pleasing him and doing his work that he can enable me to do things beyond your imagination. But it's been him all along. Are we ready for Andre Crouch? OK, a better tribute song, I think to a saint who's gone on to be with the Lord, but gr great gospel singer for, for a couple decades. saved me with his We stand with me. Lord, thank you that you are changing the story of our life. That for every believer around this room, that there'll come a day when we're breathing our last breath. And God, you've changed us from living anthems of I did it my way to God be the glory. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to open our eyes to truth. 
And that we would sense what King David was trying to say in this song of this anthem of his life, that you are a rock in the midst of shifting sands and in the midst of up and down reports flying across the ticker tape on the news channel, that you are our Savior, that you have rescued us in the midst of those storms, and that if we've done anything good, if we've been able to accomplish anything that's worthy of being written about or talked about or, or bragged about in our little circles, it's been because you enabled us to do them for your glory and for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Our rock in David's anthem, our Savior and our enabler. So I'm kind of doing reverse because I focused on enabler first. And now I'm at point three, and now I'm coming back to point one. Our rock. He said, verse two, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and my horn of salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people, you save me. And maybe you've never been in the perils of warfare uh, I haven't, although I served in the United States Marine Corps re Reserves and um, uh, for six years, and I did one year in the Army Reserves as in the Chaplain Corps. And I did get activated once to go on Desert Storm, and then two weeks before uh, our flight, we got it got it got changed, and they took a different battalion, and I, I never had to go. And I was a youth pastor at the time with three kids. And I really didn't want to go to war at that time. It wasn't really working into my plans very well. But um, I would have willingly served, but glad that I didn't. But maybe you've never been in a battlefield and understand the comforts of rocks and cliffs as these hand-to-hand -hand combatants, as David did as a man of war and a warrior. The Japanese flourished in the in the battle in cliffs and concrete barricades in the Pacific Islands. Thousands and tens of thousands of uh, American soldiers gave their lives trying to break the strategic advantage that these uh, Japanese had carved in and poured concrete into these critical islands in World War II, but they understood the advantage that these rocks and caves gave uh, while uh, at the same time willing to storm the beaches, storm the beachfront. Can you imagine storming an open beachfront while enemy machine guns are in concrete and and stone barriers with little tiny slits where they can see through to shoot you while you're just uh, an open target uh, storming a beachfront? Must have been uh, heartbreaking as friends went into war together. Sometimes we struggle to connect with God, our rock, our refuge, and our shield when we have spent our lives in relative peace. You know, I'm thankful that the shores of our country have, have established a sense of peace. I, I, know there's, I know there's unrest. I know there are things that happen. I know there are terrorist activities that happen. But there's a very small percentage of us who have seen combat or ever been a victim of terrorism. But if there is truth in the scripture, it's true all the way down, back down as well. 
If it's true that God is a rock and, and a cave and a stronghold in the midst of, you know, chaotic confrontations, in the midst of warfare and battle, then it's true to the very simplest degree as well, you know? It's a truth that you can walk back down. If it's true in the most difficult degree, it's true down to the smallest bit of truth, right? That there are relationship struggles that have placed some people into that they can maybe identify a little more than others with struggle for survival. But the magnitude of life and death situations, only a few in this room could understand. God is a rock and a refuge and shield in those kinds of moments. But, as a, but a rock is a rock for everyone. No struggle too small, no battle unworthy of his sturdy, unshaken, confident path in the midst of shifting sands. You could feel like an awkward, unsure middle schooler and yet find yourself in a supernatural stronghold of the Lord, confident and comfortable in the halls of your school. It could be your first day on, on the job. It could be your last day on the job. And a calmness can rest on your shoulders as you reflect on the Lord's provision and care beyond who your employer is, that your feet are on a solid rock. Amen? Whenever I'm overwhelmed or I feel a project getting away from me, I find myself not thinking about what I can do to get out of this or how to avoid this kind of chaos in the future. But there is a confidence that seems to prevail when that I know that when this storm is over, I know that I'm standing on a solid rock. That when every, everything feels unsure, like when everything is shifting beneath my feet, there is a sure foundation. When David writes about, about the song about he is... Uh, God is our rock. He knows that one day he was watching sheep and it seemed like probably to him and to those who knew him. The next day he was facing Goliath on the battlefield. I'm sure to those that knew him one day he was hiding in a cave, worried about who was pursuing him. And then what could look like just the next day, he's a royal king dressed in a crown and and rings and and, uh, you know, stature and thrones. One day he's ruling from a grand throne, and then the next day he's run out of town. But the constant, solid, trustworthy thing through it all, he says, my God is a rock. He has been constant. My life looks up and down on the outside to those who are watching, but I know that my feet are placed. My God is a solid rock. Edward Moat grew up in the 1800s and his parents owned and operated a pub in England. And he grew up never knowing that there was a God or the story of Jesus Christ. But as a young man, he took a job as a cabinet maker and his boss was a strong believer who eventually had, uh, you know, led him to a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And it was later in the life of Edward Moat that he began to write songs that became famous hymns. And one I'm sure many of you have heard, he wrote, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground. Finish it, Carmen. Is sinking sand. Your, the family back there, you didn't have to tell her. She was going to finish it, Pastor Lance. My mom sings. But how powerful when the up and downs of life to know that you have a solid rock. A powerful theme of David's song as he looked back over his life, his life of ups, tremendous ups, and some pretty low lows. But to be able to say, my God is a rock. Number two, he said, my God is a savior. Verse four, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled around me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. And in my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. And from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Our God saves from our attackers when the waves of death surround us when destruction is looming i called out to him and he heard my voice when i felt like i was drowning and i was going under he grabbed my hand and unlike most psalms of thanksgiving this song or this psalm of thanks is not limited to one specific act of rescue by god it's not Here's one story when he was in a cave, as David had written. But this is a reflection. And the title tells that when an overarching perspective of a man who has been rescued by God over and over and over again, insurmounting disadvantages, the odds against him. Verse 17, he reached down from his from on high, and he, he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. I, I was in deep stuff. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. I mean, it looked like it was, it was over. Verse 20, he brought me out into a spacious place, and he rescued me because he delights in me. This is not a one-time miracle event in the life of a saint. And I'm not knocking one miracle in the life of a believer. I think one miracle is book-worthy, you know. There's enough junk written about. Let's talk about some things that God has done. But David is reflecting back over a large span of his life and saying, over and over and over again, he rescued me. I was trapped, he made a way. I was pinned down, he preserved my life. I was set up, and he had my back. I was outnumbered, and he saved me. I was in the middle of the firestorm, and he delivered me from the flames of death. Verse 21, the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and I'm not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I've not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. To the faithful, 
you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on, are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. And how amazing the grace of God is that in the end, David, you know, it wasn't too many weeks ago, we looked at some pretty colossal sins that David had found himself caught up in. But when he was confronted, he altered his course. He found that God had not only forgiven him, but had wiped away his sin and made him blameless before the Lord. See, the devil always wants to bring it back up. But those who have found the grace of God find that even the biggest sins, like the affair that he had and the, and the murder that he arranged and the cover-up that he tried to keep going for a little while, that when he reflects back on his life, he says, he's cleansed me of all unrighteousness, that I'm blameless in his sight. See, there are some that get caught up in that and they never, they never turn back. They just wallow. They, they continue to go after sin. And that's not the kind of life that David is echoing here. He's like, I've made as big as blunders as anybody, but I understand what the grace of God is. That now as I'm an older man looking back on my life, he's been my rock. He's been my savior. He's rescued me time and time again. And he's even cleansed me of all my unrighteousness. I mean, that's a New Testament concept right there. Foreshadowed that 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It means he's not going to bring it back up again. It means you don't have to walk in that shame anymore. It means that he's forgiven you and now you can walk in his purity. I committed a bunch of sins I paid a serious price for them, but God has seen fit to forgive me and bless me now into the future. I've not spiraled into that sin when confronted. I fell at the feet of the Lord in humility, and he has forgiven me and even blessed my future. And, he ble and when I think back over my life, I'm not thinking about those spots. I'm thinking about how good he has been to me. And yes, the kingdom will be divided because of David's sin. But the blood bloodline of, of David will be connected to Jesus, which he ends this psalm with. I'm going to read the end here. He says, the anointed one. He's talking about that God has preserved me. God has preserved my family. All the way down to the anointed one that you and I reflect back and connect. We're connected to the same lineage of David and his family down to Christ and to us. He says, as for God, verse 31, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord and who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights, he trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make 
your saving help, my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet, so my ankles do not give away. Verse 48, he is the God who avenges me, who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes, and from a violent man you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed and to David and to David's descendants forever. That's you and me. We're mentioned in this. He's saying that faithfulness continued through my family to the anointed one, God's son who came, the king of all kings, and now to his descendants forever. Amen? Will you stand with me? We're going to end today with just a, I'll, I'll close in prayer in just a moment, but maybe Dave and Libby and Joan and Pastor Carly can slide out here. And, uh, and if you just want to come and pray with somebody, maybe you feel like, ah, I, I don't feel like I'm on a rock. I feel like there's so much shifting going on. I'd like to just kind of seal this in prayer with someone. Or I, I have a specific request that I just want to, somebody to pray with me about. Or, or I, need, I need healing and I, I want somebody to pray. Or I, there's somebody heavy on my heart I want somebody to pray with about. And we're just going to hang out here and be available for prayer for you for the next few moments. Uh, but I'll pray a prayer of kind of dismissal for us. Father, may your Holy Spirit rest on your people. May your words, Lord, that we read from today echo through our minds and our hearts. Guide our decisions, Lord. <laughs> Steer us away from evil and lead us into the paths of righteousness for your namesake. And may you receive all the glory in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. Lord bless you. Smile at somebody. If you'd like to pray with us, if you have a prayer request or concern, we'll, we'll be up here for a little bit. Thank you, Lord. You can find us online at falls.church or by searching Facebook at facebook.com slash fallschurch.sf.